0: Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and Go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host, George Templeton, talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George.
1: All right. First game of the season. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, even on a night like tonight, and you want to help us out, there is a link in the pay to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and your other podcast platforms and we'll shout you out for helping us out and, and donating this year you supported us so well last year and thank you for your support this year like what we got from James Fitzgerald who sent us a donation the other day thank you James for doing that and I hope you like what you hear in spite of what we gotta talk about tonight which is a difficult defeat a game that McNeese State even without Will Wade on the sideline who was of course suspended for prior bad acts uh, at LSU McNeese State dominated this game after about the first three and a half four minutes it was 6-1 VCU McNeese State scored the next 12 points and I believe and I as I check the play-by-play now yeah, we got a three pointer from Max Shulga to cut it to four, and that is as close as it got the rest of the game, believe it or not. It was all McNeese State after that. And you're going to hear it, and I've heard it already. It's a new cane, it's a new coach. There are going to be teething problems. There were players out. That's all true. Will Wade's a new coach at McNeese State, and he wasn't even on the sideline, and they got three of their players who played tonight they got from the transfer portal, including Shahada Wells, who ended up their high score at 23. He was a transfer portal guy. Huh. So it's hard to accept those excuses. Now, let's talk about some of the things we saw tonight. The offense... We expected to be a lot better, which scored 110 in an exhibition game. Again, granted against a pretty bad Division II team. Didn't look all that different than the offense from the previous regime. They only get 65 points. That's problem one. Problem two is, for me, and I understand, they're going to bomb it a lot more from three, and they're going to take a lot more quick shots. But I'm not sure... It is a good idea, or it's even the idea that Ryan Odom has, for two-thirds of your field goal attempts to be some three, because that's what happened. VCU took 53 shots, 36 of them were three-pointers. They were 11 of 36, and they were lucky to be 11 of 36. They made about four in a row uh, after the last media timeout when the game was pretty much done as a contest, or wouldn't have even been that good. And, I, and just watching the game, I was a little concerned that a lot of them were quick shots in this early shot clock. There were a few. In fact, there were seven of them when I was charting it. Uh, excuse me. There was, no, there were seven of them, and only two of them went in. And I'm talking about three point shots taken in the first 10 seconds of the clock. And the only guy that made them was Max Shulga, who was the only guy who made threes most of the night. Max Shulga was six and ten of three. Fats Billups was 3 of 6, which is not bad. So they're 9 of 16. That's pretty good. The rest of them are 2 for 20. Zeb Jackson is 2 for 12. And it's just... And a lot of these shots are just... Yes, they're open shots. And that's what Ryan said on our podcast. Said to other people. You know, the good shot is an open shot. So everybody's got the green light. I wonder if that's something he's going to have to reconsider. Because... It's, t- it's tough to win shooting that many threes if you don't make 17 or 18 of them. Especially if you're not going to be as good a defensive team as you were before. And they weren't tonight. Even though McNeese cooled off in the second half, they really cooled off even in the second part of the first half because I think they were 10 for 16 at one stage. They end up 45.8%. And they had to get hot at the end Have a decent second half. I mean, that's the thing. McNeese did give them a chance to come back from 12 down in the second half. They were 9 for 25 before a hot streak at the end, and they missed some free throws. But it's very difficult to get away with that kind of offensive performance if you're not going to be as good defensively. And they weren't. They weren't. They left DJ Richards open a bunch of times. He had four threes in the first half. He was four for four. He finished five to six from three and 17. Did a good job on Shoemate, except in the second half, he got rolling. You know, he made one field goal at freaking halftime, and he was six of nine in the second half, 15 points in the second half. And I just, so many of these offensive possessions. There was no post-entry or barely any post-entry. Where was the dribble penetration against the zone? That's something I was expecting from a Jason Nelson. We saw it one time tonight. Some of the other players didn't happen. A lot of passing it around the perimeter 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 perimeter. Excuse me. And shooting threes. That weren't going in. And they buried themselves. And that's the thing. One of the things about the old regime that you could always count on is that they can usually get themselves back out of the big hole because they could get stops. Quite simply, this VCU team tonight could not get enough stops to do it. They never, after that big run from McNeese State, we just told you, they never got within four points, but one, they got within four points to stop the run, and that was it. They never had the ball with a chance to tie the game or take the lead after that. That's and that's the rest of the damn game, that that was the case. McNeese was never put it under any pressure, so you you take the crowd right out of the game. The crowd was 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 flat tonight. That's not their, That's not all their fault. That's VC's fault. And I know I got to get used to a different offense. So maybe these are maybe these criticisms are unfair. But I watched McNeese State shot the lights out from three early. They cooled off a little bit. They only took six threes in the second half. They were eight for 17 from the game. They took 42 twos. And they were they were 19 of 42, which is not that good actually inside the two. But it was enough. Because VCU only took 17 two-pointers. Granted, they were 11 of 17. And I know they and they got analytics people, so they're going to be looking at this forensically. And I think they're going to see the lack of dribble penetration, the lack of entry passes, and the fact that they were pretty efficient inside the arc and pretty awful outside of it. And it negates things that would be that normally would be good, like the fact seventeen uh, assists on twenty-two made baskets. That's pretty good. Zeb Jackson. He didn't shoot the ball well from outside. He had eight assists and seven rebounds to go with 14 points. And only three turnovers. And there's the other thing. You can talk about Sean Barrisot not being here. You can talk about Joe Babacil not being made eligible. And those things hurt. There's no question about it. But that doesn't explain how lackadaisical they were on defense. That doesn't explain how several times they would run, McNeese State would run a high-screen action and two guys would go to the ball, go to the ball handler, and he would cast it off to somebody who was wide open and would make a three. It was usually Richards in the first half. And there were other times where two guys would would go to the ball and then just stand there and not even get in somebody's face. And that's not how you play defense. And they had, and it was better in the second half. The problem was it wasn't better enough not to get back in the game. And, and again, you buried yourself. You got down 20 at the, in the first half and barely got to single digits most of the second half. And a couple of times they did, quick ill-advised shots that didn't go in. Oh frustrating very 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 frustrating and again the excuses are what they are and we've got to show some grace but some of these things used to happen under the previous regime uh and i would have been just livid when that would happen under the previous regime so tell you know i can't sit here I can't sit here and give and give, uh, this regime a pass even though it's game one when they do some of the same bad things because again, I, I can't imagine that that's Ryan Emoto's game plan not to use the spacing not to use the kind of spacing that you need not to get the ball inside not to use the drive and kick game I I just, I find that hard to believe that that would be the case. If it is, then they, not only do they really need Stow and Bambisil, they're just going to need people to be better with these three-pointers. If we're going to take that many per game, then 11 through 36 is not going to cut it most nights. And the galling and the most galling thing you know, we talked about the epitome of brutality on my last podcast on the Atlantic 10 preview with the three-bid lead guys. And they and other people, like the Belk reporters, the Davidson thing, was like, oh, we're definitely going to have people lose tonight. And I'm like, no, this year's going to be a different year. This year's going to be positive. 12 V10 teams are playing tonight. We're going to go 12-0. and Never did I imagine that vc would be the only one that would lose. 11-1. The A-10 goes, and that one is VCU, and that one hurts. Granted, if you heard it, Rocco Miller on my podcast earlier in the summer, or excuse me, in the fall, you would know that McNeese State's going to be pretty darn good. He was blown away that they were not the Southland favorite or not voted the Southland favorite. In his mind, they're the best team by a long way. I think they showed you that tonight. They were tough. They were tough on the boards when they had to be. They were tough on defense when they had to be. They could have made more free throws, obviously. But they seemed to make them when it mattered. And here's the amazing thing. VCU had nine blocks in the game, which is something you like, my goodness. Nine blocks, It's a lot of blocks. Michael Bell had two. Christian Fermin had two. Toby Lawal had two. So kind of the usual st- kind of the guys you suspect, especially for me and the wall. But that didn't stop McNeese State from dominating in points in the paint. And last year, again, I know it's a different team, when VCU was winning points in the paint, they were usually winning the game. VCU was minus 14 on pay- points in the paint, 36-22. to 36-22. to 22. So, the it did not stop. The blocks did not stop McNeese State from driving the ball into the paint. Meanwhile, McNeese State only blocked one shot, yet we don't go in there. And the other statistic that's kind of a Danning statistic, especially for this defense, East State had five turnovers. That was it. Five for the entire game. DCU did a halfway decent job on turnovers. 14, which is still not great, but that's lower than a lot of games they would have had last year. But McNeese State had five for the, old, the whole game. They only had two in the second half. I can't think of the last time that would have happened. I mean, you'd have to go back a long way, i bet, to fight a game where Gesey only forced five turnovers. Oh, and, and that's the thing. This offense may end up being better. May end up being a lot better than the offenses we had the last several years. But as I said on my podcast to Zach Joaquin and others, I'm concerned that the defense is going to fall by more than the offense can catch up because to me, it's harder to make it up that way. You fall 20 or 30 spots defensively, you've got to be 40 to 60 spots better. And I think tonight shows that that wasn't the case. Certainly wasn't the case. And you, you got to give McNeese State and that interim coach a lot of credit. You know they didn't play they didn't play great offense in the sense that they only had eleven assists to twenty to on twenty seven made baskets, which is not a great ratio. But it's all right when you only have five turnovers. It's all right when you tie on when you tie on on offensive rebounds and you win second chance points by seven. That's the other thing. You know, VCU wins the rebounds by two. But they shoot the ball a lot worse than McNeese State, even though it ends up a little bit closer than you'd expect. And they tie on offensive rebounds, and they lose second-chance points by seven. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So we all had high expectations for this team. This team got voted second. I was a little concerned that it was more on reputation than than what you could actually prove about this team. And this is a worry for me. And I know it's only game one, and there's a long way to go, and they can get better. And it's funny because the last A-10 team that was in the ESPN Events Invitational and won it, Dayton, did exactly the same thing the year they won it. They lost on opening night and they would actually lose three of their first four before they would go to Orlando and win that tournament and turn their season around. I would like to not imitate the losing the three of the four part. I would certainly like to imitate winning the Orlando tournament. But Ryan Odom has got some thinking to do these next three days before they play Sanford on Friday. And the good news is, if there is good news, is that Sanford got, I mean, they had a very tough, they played Purdue, and I didn't see what the final was, but I saw a scoring update. Sanford got absolutely obliterated. I mean, this was brutality. It was I think I saw seventy five to twenty nine at one stage. Pretty beat Sanford ninety eight to forty five. Remember, Sanford is supposed to be a favorite in that conference that they're in. They certainly certainly didn't go too well for them tonight against the Boilermakers, who gave graded top five team in the country. So Hopefully, VCU can get right on Friday against Sanford and figure out some of these things and improve them. But I got to say, it, it, was, it was a tough watch because the efforts on defense just weren't there. The energy wasn't there. It was a little better in the second half. It was not good in the first half. And again, you can make whatever excuse for this team you want to. No excuse, no player absence, no anything is going to explain that. You cannot explain that away by just saying, well, such and such was not the year, or so and so didn't play, or it's a new team. You could always play hard on defense. You could, always be in, get, you could always guard your man and be in his face and be in his grill as much as the refs let you. And there wasn't much of that tonight. Positives, Uh, Matt Shulga, 22 points, 6 of 10 from three. He can keep the green light on three. I'm not sure about the rest of them. Uh, The blocks was a positive. Zeb Jackson's eight assists is definitely a positive. Nine guys played tonight, and they all played good minutes. I'm happy with that. Uh, Christy Vermeen, some nice board work for him, six boards. He had a couple of tough moments down low. Billups makes 3-3, which is good. Defensively, he got worked over pretty good. So that's a little bit of a concern. The other big concern is Jason Nelson. I have to say, I was a little surprised he didn't start. But I thought, okay, in terms of leading a second unit, Jason Nelson is the kind of person you'd want to have because he's a bucket getter. He's got that beautiful jump shot, that action. And he can handle the ball. So you can do that role too. Jason Nelson, 19 minutes, 1 for 4, 0 for 3 from 3, 2 points. I certainly expected a lot more than that from Jason Nelson. So hopefully that's just a tough night, and we'll see more in the next game. That was really disappointing. So that, that's one of my biggest concerns coming out of this game was that, was Jason Nelson not producing to the level I thought Decent first game for Michael Bell. He's a freshman starting, you know, four boards, a couple of assists, so he stuffed the stat sheet a couple of blocks as well, seven points. I think that's what we're going to be seeing a lot from him. I think we're going to be seeing him contribute a lot of categories. I want to see that. So that's, that's a positive as well. So Friday, Samford. My hope is that work will not be like tonight. That I will be back at home in time to watch on ESPN Plus to watch the game with you in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group in the game thread and give you a live video. If you are not a member of VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly, join us. Uh, not only are the game threads popping and all that, and we have the and when I'm able to watch the whole game from start to finish, we get the live uh, video, live video in the Facebook group. We keep our eye on our A10 opponents. Like I said, we do A10 brethren. When we get a few games of the season, you start to get tales from the non-conference, where we keep track of our non-conference opponents and how they're doing. Um, when we get them, when we get to about ten games in, we do VCU by the numbers, looking at the net, looking at Ken Palm, looking at you know st- NCAA stats where VCU's right Kai, if there are any. And although this may, who knows? It may we may not be seeing much of it this year. We look at their NCAA position. If they're in the bracket, that's looking real far away right now. Again, admittedly, after one game. credit. One thing that one of my fr- one of the folks in the group sent me tonight, Jamie Madison, and our from our fellow our fellow Commonwealth uh, School, he went to Michigan State and won. So they they certainly can have dreams of that. After one game, VCU's got a lot lot of work to do ahead. So Sanford on Friday, Lord willing, I'll be in the game thread and we'll have a live video and all that. If not, if you're listening in podcast land, it'll be out uh, Saturday morning, the next day, and we'll hope that you enjoy that. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, And and, uh, and again, you can donate where you can donate. Uh, The link to the PayPal is there. We really appreciate it when you do. Thank you all for listening. Game one of the Ryan Odom era not great—a loss, the first season-opening loss since 2002, which is another thing that's kind of jarring. But we'll see if these teething problems can go away for the next game, and they can get the uh, they can get the first win to Ryan Odom, and they can turn and they can start uh, get their season up and running. So thanks for listening. Have a
0: good night, everybody. Talk to you later to submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com We'll be back after the next game and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.